Dagon's Illusion, Episode 20, The Opening. In a splendor of starry darkness, anguished crescendos came from the universe with a blue fire burning at its heart. As Ellison Carter stared up at the sky, suddenly the singing ended and everything was still. She whispered, what is that up there, that blue light? Mira replied, At the center of this galaxy is a star far larger than your sun. His name is Azareel, and when his anger burns, power flows out from him in a mighty wave. The dust of the universe is swept before it. When it strikes your sun and moon, there will be crimson darkness, and when it strikes the earth, there will be horror such as your race has never known. The fire of Azareel burns with blue rage. How can a star be angry? Because they are not what you think. What are they? Soon you will know. Will the earth be destroyed? It will be purified. This is really going to happen? I have told you. When? Within the years that you have left to live. People need to know so they can get ready. Telling them will do no good. They believe only what makes them happy. Like a hurricane, the wind and dust will come in giant waves. The first breeze took your cousin's children to another world. Much greater waves are coming. There is more for you to see, but first your eyes must be opened. What do you mean? You must choose to know. To know what? Whatever he wants to show you. Who is he? Do you choose, Ellison Carter? I need more information. No, you need more faith. What happens if I don't choose? Your eyes will close, and you will go back to your world without knowing. I can't stand your games. All right, I choose. What happens now? There was no answer. Ellie turned her head. She was alone on the roof. The girl and the spider were gone. But before she could say anything, from out of the universe blazed a wave of singing. Like an ocean, it swept over her, and the veil was removed from her eyes. Infinite majesty of horror. She was staring up into a universe that was an endless, swirling battlefield. Sweeping across the sky were celestial creatures whose bodies were woven from a hundred billion singing stars, and every star was an angel. Raging, wheeling, the constellations hurtled after each other, their voices roaring in a mighty hymn of war. The crushing weight of it was more than she could bear. One more second and she would go insane. Then Ellie saw him. In the center of the firmament stood a king. His face was calm and his eyes were upon her. His right hand held a scepter and in it burned the blue star. Gathered beneath him was a little flock of sheep. Instantly the terror left her, for she knew that everything was under his control. But suddenly there was a shriek that shook the heavens. Slashing the sky from horizon to horizon appeared a great dragon whose body and wings engulfed the stars. The king spoke a single word. In raging agony the monster began to twist and fall. Ellie screamed. He was plunging toward her so fast that the angels of his body became burning smears. His mouth opened. Out of it spewed a million shafts of fire that streaked toward the earth. In an avalanche, they struck the city and every building burst into flame. As Ellie stared in horror, his mouth opened again and from it came a circle of seven stars. Turning, falling toward her, she jumped up. A voice in her head screamed, run, get away, hide. But there was nowhere to go. Rushing to the edge of the tower, she looked down. 
As far as she could see, the world was burning. Then a voice called to her. Ellison Carter, floating in the air a hundred feet away, was the glowing form of Mira. Ellison Carter, look at me. Don't be afraid. Jump. Jump? From one of the tallest buildings in the world? Do it and you will not die. They are coming for you. Ellie looked up. The circle was almost on her. With a scream, she leaped. Falling, falling through a searing rain, streaking toward the ground, the city rushing upward. Suddenly her fall slowed. Beneath her she felt a mighty wind. To her amazement she was carried on it just above the rooftops. Then came a vision that she remembered forever. On every building she saw hundreds of children and they were singing. As she watched, they rose into the air straight toward the dragon. As the angels that made up the dragon's body crashed into them, the sky exploded in streaks of flame. But Ellie was dropping faster now. Rising on either side of her were burning buildings. A moment later, she came to rest on a street. And it was her street. The street of her childhood nightmares. And even with the roar of the heavens, she could hear a sobbing voice. Standing a few yards away was a little girl looking up at the sky and crying. Ellie's stomach wrenched. She was seeing herself watch the circle descend, and down through the fire it came. With a scream, the girl turned and ran toward the building. Wait, don't be afraid, you can stop them! But she didn't hear, and when she reached the door, she ran inside. In a rage, Ellie turned back. The circle of stars hovered above the street. Then they transformed into seven glistening shapes. Each was tall and thin and wore a robe with a cowl that hid its face. Over the sidewalk and up the steps they glided without touching the ground. She screamed, Stop! And they hung motionless in the air. Guttural words whispered in her mind, We have come to take what is ours. She isn't yours. Go inside and see. Ellie stared at them. Suddenly she didn't want to move. The door into the building was open. From high above, she could hear the woman sob. As though in a dream, she turned and entered. Once more, she followed the terrible path of her childhood and became a little girl again, up the first flight of stairs. So big for small legs to climb, around the landing and up the second, going slower now, getting tired, finally the third, then up the last step standing in the hallway now, and the sobbing is much louder. Walking past the door of the grandma and the kitten, past the door of the family who lost their baby, past the door of the ugly old man, finally to the one with the green paint peeling, the door into all that was. Without touching it, the knob turned and it opened. She entered. Once more she stood in the shabby living room. Then a woman's voice called, Ellie, Ellie, is that you? Come in here, I need you. Slowly she moved toward her mother's bedroom. The door was ajar. She stood in front of it, afraid to enter. Ellie, please. Softly she pushed, and with a creak the door opened. In the dim light stood the iron bed, and on it lay the form of a woman. Raising her head, she stared at Ellie. Where have you been? Don't you care about me at all? Come over here right now. Ellie didn't move. I said get over here. When she still didn't move, the woman dissolved into tears. 
Oh, I'm so sorry, baby. What an awful mother you've got. Come here, sweetheart. Come to mommy, please. Don't be afraid. What's the matter? I love you, Ellie. I love you so much. You're my little girl. Come here. Slowly, slowly walking over, looking down at the form on the iron bed. Once the woman had been very beautiful, but the beauty was creased and stained with shadows. As she looked down, suddenly Ellie wasn't a child any more. I have a question for you, mother. What is it, sweetheart? They said we belong to them. Who? You know who. Why do we belong to them, mother? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. I'm talking about the ones who came to take me away. The woman's crying stopped, and the voice that spoke from her mother's mouth was deep and hideous. She had to, Ellie. She belongs to us, and so do you. All your generations have belonged to us for a thousand years. Lurching from the bed, the woman tried to grab her. Ellie turned and ran down the flights of stairs to the basement. She ran to the secret hiding place to find the little girl. But when she got there, she was gone. Rushing into the street, she stared up at the roof of the building. From out of the flames rose the seven lights, and suspended in the center she saw herself. Ellie screamed the name, but it did no good. The lights and the child vanished into the burning sky. Sobbing, she turned. Standing beside her was Mira. Why did you let me see this? Is this what it means to have my eyes opened? I'd rather be blind forever. Where did they take me? I don't remember going anywhere. Gently, Mira replied, You've seen enough for now. There is a reason for everything. It's time for you to go back. But what happened to me? Why do we belong to them? You don't. But I did! Enough. What you need to know will come. But for now, the girl raised her hand. Awake. There was a crash, and everything went dark. Ellie awoke sitting in her van. Sheets of rain were pounding on the roof and windows. Jerking around, she saw her parents. They were staring at her with such horror that they couldn't speak. Dad, Mom, are you okay? What happened? Where are we? She looked out the window. They were parked in the middle of the empty interstate. Finally, her father croaked, Where, where did you go? What do you mean? That thing in the sky had picked us up, and you vanished. Then we landed and you're back. I can't talk right now. We've got to get out of here. Starting the engine, she drove away. Thanks so much for listening to Dagon's Illusion. I hope you're enjoying it. It is a labor of love for me, and I'm having a wonderful time telling the story. If you are enjoying it, would you do two things for me? First, write a brief review and post it. And second, would you share Dagon's Illusion with your friends in social media? Word of mouth is the only way to build an audience, and I would so appreciate your help in finding new listeners. If I can answer any questions, feel free to write to me. My email is colemanluck at gmail.com. See you next episode.